This is the Forbes interview on Podcast One. And I'm your host, Steve Bertoni. On this show, I'll do deep dive interviews with billionaires, entrepreneurs, and influencers. These are the faces you see on the cover of Forbes. And if they aren't in the cover, they easily could be. Before we get going, I have a favor to ask of you. We'd really appreciate it if you took part in a survey that would take no more than five minutes. I know, I hate taking surveys too, but by filling it out, you'll help us keep this podcast free to download and with minimal ads. The survey is anonymous. There are two ways to access it. Go to podcastone.com forward slash my survey or go to podcastone.com and click the survey banner. And now back to the show. Today, our guest is Jason Derulo. He's a singer, songwriter, and dancer with 11 multi-platinum hits. Jason, thanks for coming on the show today. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. How you guys doing? We're doing great. How about yourself? Oh, man, I can't complain. Gucci. So I want to start from the beginning. So I've read that you were the talent show king of Miami when you grew up. Um, <laughs> I would love to hear about what was your what were your talents? What was your what your act back then? Man, it was it was always always the same. Um, often I actually sang the same song. Um, one of one of two actually. I always sang either "Love" by Music Soul Child or uh, this song called "Crush on You" that I wrote when I was about eight. Oh, great! Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was a, it was a thing to do. You know, every year there were uh, talent shows here and there, and I was about all of them. You know, I, just hoping and praying that one of them would land me that that record deal that I was looking for. Well, I guess it did, but way down in the future. When you did your own song, Crust on You, was it just you singing, or did you have music back up? How did that work? No, when I actually did that one, that was just a cappella. Um, and, uh, you know, other times I did uh, with back, backing music. It was never a band or anything like that. It was never that major. But, um, yeah, man, it was, it was the humble beginnings. Well, when I was eight years old, I don't think I knew how to tie my shoes or even put on a record. How did you learn how to write songs so young? I don't know if it was so much of me knowing how to write. I mean, it, was, it wasn't that at all. It was me knowing how to sing and me just exploring that aspect. Uh, <laughs> I had a crush on this girl in my class, and basically I wanted to give her something, and I didn't know what to give her. So I was like, what's free and what would be dope? <laughs> um, so I wrote her a song, and um, you know, I thought that would, that would suffice. And did you teach yourself how to sing, or you just always naturally a good singer? Basically... I was an arts kid, so every every form of the word you can imagine. I mean, I was I was just you know one of those kids who you know wanted to sing, I wanted to dance, I wanted to act, I wanted to do it all. Um, so from a very young age, I was I was put in performing arts schools where I got to uh, learn how to do those things every single day. Um, I think I had a natural God given talent, but um, I continued to to further uh, that talent with with you know education and, and music theory and um, learning classical music, you know learning. Uh, to, to play instruments and you know that kind of stuff just uh, made me the consummate performer. I think. What was your favorite instrument to play when you were younger? What was like your your special one? Man, it was really hard for me to to sit through lessons because um, I, I always wanted to <laughs> get up and do something. You know what I'm saying? So like it was it was tough, um, but piano ended up being the one that stuck the most. You said you did a lot of musical theater and performance. What was your favorite uh, play or or um, or act? I guess in in high school, um, Ragtime became my favorite uh, musical altogether. What role did you play? I played Cole House, uh, which is the the lead, leading male. Um, but but that that musical is is more on the classical side. You know what I'm saying? So it's uh, it's not necessarily one that will be known by the average person. But you know, hopefully down the line, when I'm a uh, you know, 
up for it. I, I would want to bring that back to, uh, to, to the Broadway. Well, when he's old enough, show him America, and he will ride the wheels of On that note, if you could play the role, lead role in any Broadway show, um, what would it be right now? I think that would be it, man. Oh, you mean something that's out already? No, whatever. You take your pick of anything there is. Um, honestly, I honestly would want to bring Ragtime back and, and make that a thing. Um, I honestly think that would you know, be a huge, huge change and a huge hit. Um, I'm also uh, into writing musicals myself as well, so maybe that's the first one I'll do. When you're writing musicals, what kind of themes or settings have you uh, approached? Um, I can't really tell you, man, because somebody might steal my idea. <laughs> so, um, but all kinds, man. I, I think it's you know important to to change it up, and uh, I'm, I'm actually in the process of of you know making those things um, in animation form first, and then you know bring it to, to Broadway after that. Ah, very cool. But it's uh, it's exciting, man. It's new. I've never told anybody that, so. Um, <laughs> it, it felt good to let you know. Though. Oh, I love getting I love getting scoops here. That's great. <laughs> Definitely a scoop. This project you're working on would, is the music styling more kind of modern pop hip hop, or are you going back to your more classical roots? Um, it's a it's a mixture of both, man. It's a mixture of both. I think it's something that has never never been seen before, and it's something that's never been heard before. So it's it's definitely something that's brand new, and and will be a breath of fresh air. Well, I have to ask the obvious question. Have you seen Hamilton yet? I have. Yeah, absolutely. What was your reaction? I thought it was dope, man. I think it, it was that. It was a breath of fresh air. It was something brand new. It took a, uh, a, a story that um, many of us didn't really know about um, in depth and uh, made it fun to watch and learn about. Obviously, you're classically trained and you really studied performing arts, which I think is rare amongst you know really popular you know musicians these days. What effect does that training have on your your art? In a lot of different ways, I think knowing music theory just allows you to know what's correct and incorrect. I think I think most things that are incorrect in theory are kind of incorrect uh, when we when we hear them. You know, it, it doesn't sound as pleasing to the ear. Um, but rules are meant, meant to be broken. So, so if you know the rules, you know which rules you can break with them sounding okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, in, in, in songwriting, that's one of the biggest advantages that I think I have. Um, in terms of, of dance, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, ballet and jazz, I mean, they're the roots of, of all dance. I mean, I, I feel like you should have con total control of your body. If you learn the basics, if you learn the, the, the classics and you're able to, you know, take and pull from those things and, um, and then make it fresh and new. What's your favorite rule to break? Um, <laughs> uh, well, naturally there's. There's four bars in a measure. Um, uh, I've been known to add a bar or two to a, to a measure. I, I know you probably don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> I know about the other. I know about the other kind of bars. <laughs> Word, 
But it, I mean, it's, it, it's the same thing. Like if you talk about bars and for, for rapping, it's the same thing. So like, you know, uh, like a song, take a song like like Wiggle. So um, you know what to do with that big fat butt, and then that that pause there is is it's not within a four bar measure. I added one more measure for suspense, and then when you finally get to the drop, you know, it just gives you that much more satisfaction. You know what I'm saying? Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. I do, but I don't know how. I don't know what to do with that big fat butt, though. I need, I need help with that. <laughs> that well, that's a good thing. You, you, you probably shouldn't know what to do. With it. You know, you're an incredible singer and, and dancer, and that's kind of like that's your asset. Your body is kind of your tool. You know, your whole career and you know what you love to do is based on being in shape. I heard you have a pretty intense uh, regimen to keep it, keep healthy and keep going. I love working out. I, I think it's it's my lifestyle now. It's not it's not so much. Um, about being vain or, or, you know, about trying to fit in within the next diet or anything like that. It's just a, it's just a lifestyle, and I, and I love it. And uh, it, it's one of those things that help me stay st- stress-free. Napa know-how. It's Love Your Car Month at Napa. And to show your car the love, get a Napa bucket for $2.99 and save 20% on almost everything you can fit inside, like car wash, car wax, and tire shine. So save some cash and look good doing it by getting 20% off with the Napa bucket. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, exclusions apply. Minimum three items may not be combined with other offers. Offer ends 4 19 I got you. Shifting gears here. When did you get your big break? I love hearing these stories. What was your first big, big shot? Um, I started off as a songwriter. So songwriting was my thing. I mean, I, I uh, became a sort of the songwriter in Miami, you know, got my first placement when I was 16 and continued songwriting in the game. And I got my first break when I flew out to to L.A. to write for Sean Kingston. Um, and uh, that night I met J.R. Rodham and we did like 20 songs in a night and he was like damn you should really be an artist i was like well damn i mean that's kind of what i've always wanted to do bro um so you know that the rest was history man we built we built um you know the empire from from uh from when i was 19 we started that album and um you know never looked back well what was your first kind of real real payday when you're like holy cow Mm. um that was my first publishing check. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, when I was an artist. It was when I was a songwriting. It was my first publishing check, and I and I got a maybe like it wasn't. It wasn't crazy. Man. It was. It was maybe like like ninety thousand or something like that. That's crazy to me. Uh, not, not. I mean, just in 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 this scheme of things, that is. But it was like it, it changed my life. Obviously, you know what I'm saying, and I uh, got me a apartment in LA I bought a car um and then and then I had to live very humbly after, after getting <laughs> those two things man but um it was yeah it, it was the, the the start it was the beginning of, of something and how old were you then I was 19 19 wow you got another big break through MySpace right you were one of the first big MySpace stars yeah the, the whole writing thing actually happened through MySpace I mean people were hearing my songs on MySpace and then you know, asking me to come in for sessions. Um, so that's how the, the whole writing thing starts. So it started. So the, MySpace was was kind of the, the the beginning of it all. Technology is changing music so much um, between Apple and YouTube and Spotify. Which of those services are really kind of changing the game for you? I mean, they they all change the game. I mean, it, everything is 
driven off of off of those those plays. You know, whether you're playing them off of Spotify, off of Pandora, off of off of Apple Music, off of Beats Music. I mean, literally everybody is um, getting their music from from there. Um, but it's it's a lot. It's allowing new markets to become uh, monetized. So now we can monetize places like Russia. You know, where before you know we there was no real albums sold. You know, in, in those places or like China. You know, no real albums are sold in China. But now that everything is based on um, on clicks, you know, uh, then you know we get a click from anywhere. You know, you, so we get to monetize everywhere around the world, which is helping the music industry uh, catch back up. Yeah, the same kind of things happening to us in the media world, the news world. It's all about getting the clicks. How do you get a very clickable song? You got to get a song that connects to people in a, in a in a certain way. I mean, we go to the movie theater because we want to feel something, whether it's sad, whether it's scared, whether we feel like we're in love. I mean, same thing with music. You just want to make people connect and feel something, whether it's you know them wanting to get up and dance, whether it's them wanting to work out, uh, fall in love, make love, party. I mean, you just... It just has to to speak to somebody in a like like so loudly that they they literally feel what they were feeling, but to the tenth degree. And you've been very fortunate having kind of a string of hits. It's been hit after hit after hit. Is there any? Do you have a formula to that? Is there some sort of sort of way you keep on having such success? Yeah, I think once you get to a certain level of songwriting, um, it's all about the work that you put into it. You know, if I stopped writing every single day i mean would i have so many hits probably not at, at this point of songwriting i mean it becomes a numbers game i mean i write so many songs bro um and uh you know some of them will never see the light of day some of them will end up as other hits for other people you know i recently just you know uh co-wrote a song for megan trainer called me too what is your writing routine do you have, keep a very strict discipline on writing every day well i, I always write my concepts down, you know, throughout the day, I think of different concepts just randomly. Um, so I always write those down within my phone. But once I get into the booth, man, it's, it's pretty much all freestyle and whatever's on my heart at that moment, I'll, I'll go by a, by one of the concepts within my ideas, within my notes. Um, and then based on that concept, um, I'll, I'll freestyle whatever it is that I'm feeling. You know, um, it, it, it's really it comes down to to how clever the concept is at first. Um, and then, you know, I, I really you know speak to the wax as if I was speaking to the person. Um, and it, it really makes it super conversational. It makes it really relatable. Um, and melody is very important. man. You got to, you know, continue to think of melodies that are are unlike any other melodies people have heard before or. Or a melody that is kind of sounds almost familiar, like they've heard it before, and you know they just can't stop singing it. You know, I I, I remember like like one to one, like when that came out, people would be like, I feel like I've heard this before somewhere, um, and I don't know, it just kind of has that like classic feel, um, you know, that it, it just sounds like a song that you know should have been on the radio, you know, maybe even in the eighties. So when you you said you write song ideas and lyrics in your phone, do you just open up your iPhone and use the notes the notes app? Yeah, Basi yeah, basically, yeah. I love it. You know, I'm writing grocery lists and you're writing uh, big hits. It's 
pretty incredible. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You mentioned you have all these great projects, including the um, including your musical. Tell me a little bit about your uh, clothing line you're planning. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited. This is a it's a new endeavor. I'm hopping into, and I I pretty much have been into sneakers my whole life, man. But you know, the whole fashion world is has kind of took over my life within the past like five years, I would say. Um, and for a long time, I was trying to find the right stylist, someone that, you know, was in line with, with the kind of things that I, that I like. Um, and it took forever. <laughs> I actually work with a couple of people now that I think you know, are in line with, with my vision and, and can take what I want, you know, to the next level. Um, and uh, I, I feel like since I finally found that man with, with years and years of searching, I can now offer those things to, to the everyday dude. You know what I'm saying? I feel like everybody kind of feels, feels like that. They, they want to look good. They want to be able to, you know, put something on and be able to, uh, almost, you know, transform the swag, you know, and take, take it to the next level. So this, this brand is called level 13. Um, and, uh, it's, it's just that it's the combination of, of future, uh, a sexy and street. Um, but we're going to, we're going to start off with the, uh, the shoe line first, which will be available in fall of 2017. That's great. I'm, I'm a size 13. So you got to send some, my I way. got you, bro. Don't even sweat it. Awesome, man. And how are you going to use your, your kind of platform and your fame to promote that new brand? Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to oversaturate it, you know, within my social networks, man. I, you know, I, I follow people on, on social media and I kind of, I kind of, find it a, a little annoying when people kind of shove things down your throat. So I'm, I'm not going to do that. Um, I, I really do think that the, uh, the shoes kind of speak for itself. Um, so we don't need to do very much. Well, that's amazing, man. I know you got to run, so I appreciate the time. Uh, thank you, guys. I appreciate you. By the way, the clip you heard of a guy belting out Wheels of a Dream from the musical Ragtime, that was indeed Jason Derulo as a high school student at the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. That's it for this episode of The Forbes Interview. I'm Steve Bertoni. Please subscribe to The Forbes Interview on iTunes. And while you're at it, leave a five-star rating and review. Your support will help keep the show going. Thanks for listening to The Forbes Interview, made in partnership with Podcast One. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on everything you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals to help you save during our spring Black Friday sale, like Bonnie Vegetable and Herb Plants, four for $10. And for a clean-looking landscape, pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch for just $10. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417, not valid on Alaska or Hawaii. Bonnie offer valid on 19-ounce pots. See store for details, U.S. only. At the border. I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying, and the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. 
We have the photograph. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.